Review of CMS and Public Health Emergency Updates, a conversation with Penny Imes. This webinar included an online demonstration. To view a video recording, visit the link in the description of this podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who's interested to attend. In today's discussion, we'll be reviewing updates from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and the planned expiration of the COVID Public Health Emergency, also known as the PHE. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a Communications Specialist with Quality Insights, and now I'd like to introduce our guest today, Penny Imes. Penny is a Quality Improvement Specialist at Quality Insights. She started her nursing career in acute care before moving into long-term care. Her positions in long-term care have included staff development, dementia unit manager, registered nurse assessment coordinator, and director of nursing. She found the perfect combination for herself at Quality Insights, where she is able to work in quality improvement with long-term care nursing homes. Penny, thank you for joining us again. Hi, Kathy. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for being here today. We actually have quite a few updates to go over. It's it's kind of funny when we're planning these um, webinars ahead of time, and we know there's this or that coming up. We think, oh, we can go over that fairly quickly. And then in a week, it's amazing what information we get in long-term care. Before I get into talking about the um, expiration of the public health emergency information, I did just want to mention, we have been getting also this week a lot of NHSN um, emails. In fact, we just got one a little bit before this call. So those of you who input your NHSN data are also getting those emails. Um, I do want to mention for the call next week, make sure that you you do review those emails that you're getting. If any questions come up, um, that might be a good topic for uh, questions that you submit to us for next week's Q&A session. And then I did want to mention too, NHSN, CDC had that scheduled maintenance over the weekend, um, a 2-4 and 2-5. I do believe that most of you probably do your NHSN data submitting during the week, but if anybody does weekend submission, I would just suggest that you just w- might want to check your reports and make sure that that, that maintenance didn't cause any glitches in your, your reports being submitted. Um, so just go, I'd suggest just going back in, taking a look and making sure that it looks like your NHSN data was saved and submitted correctly, just to avoid anybody getting into trouble. Um, so moving on, the Biden administration did uh, announce the end of the public health emergency. So those PHE waivers, and that is um, expected to happen May 21st, 2023. So everybody has a little bit of time to prepare for it. And really what the government is looking at right now is looking at moving from that pandemic to an endemic um, phase. And a long time ago, probably back May or June of 2022, Patty Austin, one of my coworkers, gave a nice presentation on the difference between pandemic, endemic, and all of those things. Um, and really, when you're moving into an endemic phase, what, what CMS is really looking at, what the Biden administration is looking at right now, is considering a dis- that disease or condition, in this case, we're talking about COVID, 
to be something that's regularly found in a population or area. So really looking at COVID-19 um, has our new norm. And it, it's really important though, as we, as we go through these waivers, we talk about, oh, it's you know, the public health emergency is ending, that we still think that about these virus, these are viruses and they, and we know SARS, COVID-19 has a lot of variants. And we need to remember that viruses can still be dangerous and they can be deadly for high-risk people. And that's especially the um, nursing home population. So I think it's really important as we go over this information that we really do keep in mind what effect that that can have on our population. So I'm going to pull up the CMS website where you can get to the first information that I'm going to share with you. And the first thing is right off the CMS website, the link that Kathy's going to put into to, um, chat for you is the link to the CMS website that gives you information on all the things that I'm talking about today, the waivers, the PHEs that are ending. And I would recommend that, you know, go to the website. This is like, <laughs> this is an 18 page form. Um, so, so really it, it, I just, you know, pulled up a little, um, I actually did a work document based off of this. And I will also would also like to say that I know anybody, if you're members of PHCA, they did a nice guide on pulling out the waivers that you need to know about right now for, for the May 21st date. But the reason I want to mention this is, is you know, in, in conversations that we've had before discussions, I always encourage everybody to make sure that you're looking at the information that you're getting. Um, it's it, very interesting to go back through this. What, as I was researching for today, what really hit me is going back through and there were a lot of those waivers in place and quite a few of them. Um, I think we may have forgot, forgot about some of them, but a lot of them terminated back in June um, of 2022. So it's interesting to go back to take a look at what was in place and, and also think about some of those and read through some of those when you're thinking about what do I need to do to prepare for this next round of waivers to expire. So there are some things to, that are, are that we're going to talk about today. I pulled out the ones that you really need to prepare for for May, and we'll talk about those. But I always think it's just really interesting to go through, look at the fact sheet from CMS, um, look at, you know, there's some links in there to other places where you can go. And it's just something very interesting. So I wanted to share that, and I want to make sure that... Um, people have an opportunity to take a look at that. So what I'm going to share next is this is the what I pulled out of that, um, the Word document where I pulled out those um, PHE waivers that are actually ending uh, in May, things that you need to think about. So the first thing that I know is very important when we're talking about nursing homes is that the three-day hosp prior hospitalization, um, you know, that was one of those uh, that where the waiver provided the temporary emergency coverage of SNF services without that three-day qualifying hospital stay that we were all familiar with prior to COVID. And that is one of those that is going to terminate. This waiver will terminate 
at uh, in, in May, May 21st, 2023. So in preparation for that, you really want to make sure that, you know, you're you're going back to those policies and procedures that you had before with the, the three-day hospital stay. You're, I know, you know, with staffing, with, with, with staffing turnover, with staffing changes, bringing new people in, you really want to make sure that you're educating your, your staff your pr- people, if you have anyone doing your pre-admission, your HR people, your um, that they're making sure that you know people that residents who are coming in that you've met the three-day hospital stay. So those are it's those things that we did before, but it's just we need to start thinking about them again. And I am going to have time here at the end for for questions if anybody has questions try to answer them to the best of our ability. So that's something, the three-day stay, that's going to terminate. You want to be prepared for that. Then your, your pass are that pre-admission screening and annual resident review that was in place for those residents who come in with mental illness or intellectual disability. And they did allow those assessments to be suspended for 30 days, basically because of staffing and resources and that. That is going to end. So, you know, you're going to want to make sure that those assessments are being completed uh, as soon as resources become available. And again, it's educating those those people who are in place, uh, you know, whether it's uh, social workers or whoever is, is doing your PASAR um, reviews for you. So that's another one that's ending that you have to be prepared for. Then this one, the alcohol-based hand rub dispensers. There, you know, they had the requirement, of course, COVID dispensers, they were sort of out there, they were everywhere. And you were actually, they were saying, make sure they're there, make sure they're everywhere, make sure people can get to the hand-based, um, alcohol-based hand rub dispensers. But with the end of the waivers, we we are starting to think again about, you know, the way, the way things operated before and they do contain ethyl alcohol it's a a flammable liquid so you really want to be looking at you know your your life safety code there's restrictions on storage location of the containers um get your environmental services uh, updated um educated on on where things should be placed and so these are things that you really need to start thinking about a lot of people, you know, with the dementia population that we have these days, really want to restrict access to prevent that accidental ingestion. So again, this is something, you know, because for for two, two and a half, three years, we've been pushing, make sure you have the dispensers where everybody can get them. And 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 while we were trying to be safe, it's going to be very important that you you talk to your staff and educate your staff on really being safe with these moving forward. Now, a couple other things to mention, uh, the required facility reporting. This was, so our NHSN reporting that we're doing for COVID. While the public health emergency is considered to be moving, we're moving from a pandemic to an endemic, this mandatory COVID reporting is going to be extended beyond May. So this is beyond the current um, waivers and is going to be in effect at this point until December 31st, 2024, 
unless we hear something different in the meantime. So, so that is one of those things that is going to continue. So your reporting will continue. So you need to be aware of that. And, and again, the testing um, requirements, that is also the reporting on that is going to continue through December 31st, 2024. So those were two things that were in that CMS fact sheet that I wanted to especially point out that that those are a, a few things that are going to um, continue reporting requirements beyond everything. Um, so with that, that sort of goes over the public health emergency requirements. I do want to talk a little bit about um, the temporary nurse aid program, because that was something that and was one of those things that ended. Now, I know that we're still having some issues in the state with um, the, the temporary nurse aides getting in there, getting their certification. And the issue really seems to be having enough proctors to be able to be at those sites to help them get the certification. My understanding is that they're still backed up um, in a lot of areas across the state. I know I got an email from the State Board of Nursing asking me if I would like to be a proctor at one of their sites. Um, so some of other licensed nurses may have, have received that also. Um, so with the temporary nurse aid, that, that is absolutely, that's still April. And so you really want to make sure that you're working on getting those those nurse temporary nurse aides that you want to keep that you're working on helping them get their certification, making sure that every all the documentation is there, all those things that we had talked about before. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go real quickly to QSO memo twenty three oh five and a nursing home. Oh, amazing. I just can't remember all these QSO numbers. But anyway, this one I really, really wanted to, to talk to everybody about because it, it's very important. Um, uh, with uh, there are CMS is going to be conducting audits of schizophrenia coding in the MDS um, data set. Uh, uh, and they will be adjusting nursing home compare quality measure star ratings for those facilities who have audits that reveal inaccurate coding. But we know that, you know, the star calculate rating calculation, it, long stay residents receiving antipsychotic drugs. And of course, the exclusions, which were right here, were those diagnoses of schizophrenia, Huntington's disease, Tourette syndrome. And there were some cases that I, I know that we're all aware of. There were times when someone had an antipsychotic medication and then they had a diagnosis of schizophrenia added um, to their diagnosis list. And there was there's there's a lot of concern there it, there's a lot of concern with in looking at covid covid has a lot to do with it you know we've had intense scrutiny in nursing homes over the last couple of years i can tell you right now unfortunately i think this intense scrutiny is is going to continue 
in some cases, it's good. There, there are some bad nursing homes out there that need intense scrutiny. Do all of us need it at this point in time? Probably not. It, it's, but there's a reasoning behind it that, you know, while we were going through COVID, there was a lot of isolation. Um, there were residents who could have been put on antipsychotic medications because there was a lot of anxiety and, and we know that, that there were a lot of issues and now every, so that increased scrutiny happened and they started to question, are there really that many residents who have these diagnoses who are on these antipsychotic medications? I don't think Pennsylvania, the last data that I got for Pennsylvania showed that we were, we were maintaining our lower and, and we had worked with a lot of nursing homes for a lot of years in decreasing those antipsychotic medications. We, we made a great progress in the state, also in West Virginia, both states, West Virginia and Pennsylvania, to really lower that antipsychotic medication use. Uh, and throughout the pandemic, the last numbers that I saw from early, like middle of last year, were that Pennsylvania and West Virginia had sort of maintained those lower antipsychotic medication rates. But of course, CMS looks nationally when when they have to evaluate how things are happening. So they really believe that there could be some residents who were erroneously coded as having schizophrenia and that they were given the antipsychotic medication for other reasons. And so they are going to be doing audits um, of the coding and it will adjust quality measure star ratings. And so you really do. So, so this would be a good time to go back, pull up your quality measure CASPER report, look at those residents who are coding has been on antipsychotic meds, pull up your resident level report, see which residents are on those antipsychotics and have your team. And this is one of those quality improvement processes that we've talked about with nursing homes that we worked with before is you want to make sure that you have your team go in and look at those residents on antipsychotic medications and look at their diagnosis and truly do a root cause analysis for why they are on that um, antipsychotic medication. Now, the root cause analysis, analysis of are why are they on this medication? Do they truly need this medication? Do they truly have this diagnosis um, of schizophrenia? Or making sure that you're not just trying to justify why they're on the antipsychotic medication, because that's probably I, my my belief is what the audit's really going to be looking at. And so have your team look at and start. It, and then that's moving back into getting back into doing the behavior management, working with your farm consultant. And, and, you know, I know all these things that I'm talking about in this day and age with, with staffing the way that it is, everything is a challenge, but it's how, how we, we need to operate for nursing homes um, to do the things that they're expected to do and, and do them the right way. And, and we, we can help you with those quality improvement projects, but that behavior management team, get that, that team back together. Look at those residents who are on antipsychotics. If you're not sure if, if their diagnosis really justifies them being on it, work with, with your team, work with your farm consultant, work on how can we 
move that person off of the antipsychotic where we you need to look at their behaviors you need to document their behaviors you need to educate your staff on on what are alternatives to that antipsychotic so all those things that you really need to start thinking about start working on now because they take time to get them in place and it takes time to get residents off of antipsychotics and it takes time to monitor their behavior and find the right interventions for them. So you really want to make sure that you're starting to think about this and look at this and start doing this now so that you can start to eliminate or show that you're starting to eliminate. Don't forget to have that documentation so that when CMS is starting to conduct those offsite audits, you'll be able to show that you really are, that it is accurate coding, you've looked at it, or if they are on an antipsychotic and you you feel that they need to come off of it, that you're working on doing that. So it's just one of those things that's coming out that I just wanted to make everybody aware of. Down, uh, download the, the memo, take a look at it, read through it. Um, there are some other things on here that are that's good information, but really start to think about, you know, what what do we have to do to make sure that that we don't we aren't audited, we aren't found to have an accurate coding and that that will affect our our star rating. Penny, thank you for joining us again today. And thank you all so much for coming today. And we hope to see you all back next week. Thanks. If you want to contact Penny directly, you can reach her at pimes at qualityinsights.org. That's P-I-M-E-S at qualityinsights.org. You can check out our other interviews at qualityinsights.org slash Q-I-N slash multimedia.